like these happy-go-lucky niggas, man, when they get on, man. Oh, fuck me, man. You yeah, gon' play that role, man. Play it. Just like this, man. Let me tell these niggas something, dog. Keep it real, get your own shit, and be original. This is the Say No More Podcast, you know what I'm saying? We back. This is episode, what is this, 20? We back and we black. <laughs> this, I think the last one was the um, Jordan episode. I think it was 22. 23. Was yeah. it 23? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the Kobe episode, you know what I'm saying? One over Jordan, the 24. Okay. Episode number 24, you know what I'm saying, of the Say No More Podcast. And you back with your boys, Alan B., you know what I mean? Back in the building. Um, you know, had a little hiatus for a moment. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you pay attention to my Instagram or whatever, it's uh, DJ Nasla. Uh, just my name backwards, you know what I'm saying, for those that don't know. But for everybody that do know, um, I've been on there uh, posting these things called In The Set. So you'll see a lot of those. Um and I think mixed in there, you'll see the last podcast and stuff like that, um, because that just shows that I've been working. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, what I mean, that's what I'm playing when I'm at work. Some really, really good music. Um, and I'm going to put up I'm going to put up like a video or something like that of my explanation of the in the set thing. I'm not going to take up podcast time with that because um, we're going to do it. This going to be a short one today, about an hour and some change, you know what I'm saying? But Because um, I got to get back to work. But, um, you know, shit happens. It is what it is. This is real. This is raw. This is authentic. That's what we're giving it to you. That's how we giving it up, you know what I mean? So, um, B, what's good, man? How you been, son? I've been chilling, man. Been, you know, um, you know, watching a bunch of movies, listening to a bunch of mom deep and shit. Chilling. Word, word, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I ain't gonna go over anything I've been listening to because you could go to that Instagram and see that. And if it's something that you haven't gotten a chance to hear or listen to, you know what I'm saying, definitely check it out because it's all good music. You know what I mean? Um, I'm gonna start posting some other stuff, but what we talk about on this podcast, obviously, is hip hop culture. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to the MCing, b boying, DJing, you know what I'm saying? Um, the graffiti. And the rhymes, you know what I'm saying? And also the knowledge, you know what I mean? So um, we're going to keep it on that level. But uh, um, uh, I want to start off with this. So we'll go ahead because this is, we're recording this on October 2nd. You know what I'm saying? So it'll probably be out on the 3rd. And, you know, shout out to my brother, Artis, Chef Boy Artis on Instagram, you know, who does our engineer work. So it just depends on, you know, how soon we could get that popping. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, on September 29th, um, I actually don't have my Chuck D book in front of me right now, but on September 29th, 1998 was a very, very important day. So that day had just passed uh, 2018. So that would make any album that I'm speaking of a 20th anniversary album. So um, I'm going to highlight five different albums excuse me, that came out on that day. One of them was my last in the set before the day before it dropped, and it was Brand Nubian Foundation. Um, incredible album, had such hits as uh, The Return uh, that was produced by DJ Premier, a classic record, one of Premier's illest beats. Um, had a song, Don't Let It Go To Your Head. Man. Such a, a deep record. I've always loved that record, just the sound of it. Don't let it go to your head, no. Man, that shit was, man, crazy. There's another joint, um, maybe someday, or maybe one day featuring Common. Yo, the the in, the the rhymes on there and the stuff that they was talking about, man, it's, it's so crazy going back and listening to a lot of this older music that can be... You know what I'm saying? It's it's music. I mean, we're talking about 20 years ago that that music can relate to things and issues that we're still having to this day. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the beauty of music that's timeless, and that's what we will call classic. Um, did you know Jamar um, did beats? No, I didn't. And that's something that I wanted to tell you, son. Like, you know what? I was 
because I, I I got that Nature vinyl and and mm-hmm. I I ain't seen an album cover and since it probably came out like when I had it, but this nigga did a couple beats on it. I was like, okay, I was like, all right. I mean, it wasn't you know the top tier beat, but you know I still respected it. You know what I'm saying, like. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know that he did beats, but I think yeah, yeah, I peeped his name on it. I was like, okay, I see you. Yo, Lord Jamar, yo, he honestly, man, I think he's my favorite out the group. Out of of, yeah, yo, like I mean, it's when I would hear him rhyme, like you know, it's crazy because I think I've heard him talk so many times on, um, you know, on the interviews and stuff like that, and on the on the you know what I mean Godcast featuring Rod Diggers. Shout out to, you know, uh, that we we told you all about that on the last episode, um, but I like he stand he, the things he says it stands out because his voice sounds very different from his speaking voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, when he's always, like, a, a pleasant surprise. Like, it's like, because you know Pooba's voice is distinct. Sadat X's voice is distinct. But that, I would... Oh, I think Sadat probably got one of the most yeah. distinct voices in hip-hop history. Definitely. Definitely. And it's like, but you know them exactly when they get on a track. I can't necessarily say that about Lord Jamar, but you know what the difference is? It makes me listen harder to what it is that he's saying. And I think he, I, I honestly think he's my favorite. Like, I loved his verses on every single joint. You know what I'm saying? And he's, he always, it, it's always surprising in a good way. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Lord Jamar, man. I, I definitely. And, and I think he, he just turned 50 or something. Damn, man. And, and I gotta give him props because he, you know, Paul, that you can, you know, he looks good for his age. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he don't yeah. look, you know, he don't look fifty. You know, like he he look he still look youthful. So shout out to him, whatever he's, whatever he's doing, and keep his regimen right. You know what I'm saying? He he he's his mind is in the right place as as things that we talk about. I know Exactly, exactly. So shout out to Lord Jamar because, you know, he definitely caught a lot of backlash with this whole Eminem thing or whatever. But, you know, what I'm saying we like to we like to give the people the props that they deserve. You know what I mean? So um, so that was one of the records. I'm going to move on to uh, some other known some some ones that are pretty well known. Well, I'll get this other one out the way. A Tribe Called Quest, The Love Movement. Um, a lot of people at that particular time. You know, saying we know what this is. This is the uh, we don't want to hear that shit, Sharif. You know, moment. One of those moments because if you think about what was out at the time, because we still have to celebrate the incredible DMX, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. At the end of the year and at the top of the year, you had um, it's dark and hell is hot. So if you think about the albums that came out in '98 from the other two that I'm going to mention, they were ruling, ruling hip hop. Period. The culture, like you, these were the albums. This was these were the years. Ninety six, like it started in ninety five. Obviously, well ninety three. The whole nineties. But the things that you're gonna sum it up when 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 hip hop was really taking over the world was around this time, and especially this year, and these albums that were coming out. So with a tribe called Quest, who had their success at the early 90s when they came with the love movement this was at a time where the group was sort of in turmoil and after the group kind of like they literally like broke up to a degree but came back together to do this album um which i believe their last show was you know sometime not too long after this which you could check the movie beats rhymes and life the travels of a tribe called quest uh, that was made by Michael Rappaport. Shout out to Michael Rappaport in the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. But um, this album, The Love Movement, came out on the same day. The hit record that was off of here was Find A Way. And that was produced by Jay Dilla. So at that time, the UMA was a collection of basically Jay Dilla, Ali Shahi Muhammad, and Q-Tip as producers. And this particular song was huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it, it's it's a head nod. Um, it, it's actually a really beautiful album. Um, it would be really hard for me to describe a lot of the album without a lot of people knowing it. So this is one of those ones you just got to listen to. Um, 
it, it they tried a lot of different things, different sounds, and you know, we have to think for all the people that love Dilla so much, if it wasn't for Q tip hearing something, because he could have easily hated. And he heard something beautiful within Jay Dilla's music and felt that the world needed to hear it. So Q tip is responsible for Jay Dilla being put on the common and uh Busta Rhymes and all of the different people that understood the greatness of Dilla that was saw sought out by Q-Tip and then he felt that it was his duty to share that with the world. So the Love Movement is actually a it's a love it's a beautiful album. You you just, you know, it you got to be in a certain place to be able to listen to it and appreciate it and I I appreciate it more as I got older, you know what I'm saying? Because at that time I was really on a single um, if you do grab it, there are a couple special uh, bonus tracks which have the scenario remixes on there, a new version, a different version of "We Got the Jazz," which is my favorite tribe song of all time, and um, there's something else on there. Uh, oh, that's the that's one of the first times I ever heard Most Def on that joint. You know, what I'm saying AKA Yasin Bay. That's on. Um, I think it's on Rock Rock, y'all. So that shit is. Uh, just just go listen to it. Um, so we're going to move on to the other three albums, which were, to me, some of the most impactful of the year. Uh, Jay, we'll start off with Hove. Jay-Z, Hard Not, Hard Not Life, Volume 2. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and touch on because I've been speaking for a minute. Hard Not Life, Volume 2, September 29th. Just give a little bit of idea of where you was when you got that. When I first heard the single, I it, it just it changed everything with hip hop. I think I, I was floored. I was blown away. The way he, I mean, it, it, like to take a chance on a on a any hook and then drop some like hard like this. That's the thing is like. There was a lot of pop songs out around that time, and I'm not calling this a pop song, but if you hear the bars, you talk about a rubber grip on an Annie, on an Annie hook, like, that's why I fuck with it a lot. It wasn't no trash, happy, you know, like, it wasn't, it felt like, it felt like a perfect mix. You have a little bit of, the, um, like I said, like a pop hook, but you got hardcore lyrics back in it. And I think that was, that might have been Jay's first, I think that was Jay's really, his first big single. Because if you go back, I don't think anything on, but, but on Reasonable Doubt really popped off like, like huge. And nothing on volume one really grabbed people. I mean, you, I mean, he even had Black Street, he had the Black Street song. He had the song with Foxy, which I, which I fuck with a lot. I know a lot of people don't like Sunshine, but it, that was actually one of my favorite Jay songs. But I think this single really brought Jay-Z into the forefront, and it sparked the beginning of his career. And then, you know, he had the Can I Get a Song with Ja Rule. Um, I didn't fuck with Ja Rule at all. I, I thought he was a fake Tupac when I first saw that shit. Damn. Um, I mean, it, it was. I mean, the nigga had the shirt off. The nigga had the the bandana tied to the front. The whole cadence. It was a whole. It was a knockoff. So <laughs> my first shit is like I ain't gonna lie. When I used to watch the video. I turned this part off. I'm like, fuck this nigga. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit is... Tr- and this, this is, like, two years after... This is probably less than two years or at least two years after Pac passed. Damn. Ain't nobody trying to see that shit. Ain't nobody... I wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? The song was fire, but I was like, this nigga gotta go. Damn. But fast forward, and it's funny that I'm talking about it. He was on drink camps, and then he basically made me feel dumb because he basically was saying, like... Um, how he fuck with Pac so much and everybody fuck with Pac so much that he was extremely heavily super influenced by him because a lot of rappers won't give it up. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot true. of rappers will, will say, "Yeah, this is my this is my pocket. This is my shit." 
You know what I'm saying? I created this shit. But nigga, you know, like so many people don't create shit and they pretend like they did and they try to get props for it. So shout out to Ja Rule for actually acknowledging that he was riding Pac's wave, but he ended up coming into his own and, and formulating his own, you know, sound and style. I said, you know what's funny is I mentioned that, but I fucking bought Vinny Vinny Vecchi the first day. That shit was hard. And I was fucking with the holla holla. <laughs> you know, as 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 I heard more music from him, because then I got to kind of hear that he, he, I mean, obviously he came out in a DMX and the Def Jam days, so lyrically he wasn't, you know, in that realm, but he still had he he was. He was good enough to cop, you know what I'm saying? He was good enough to to at least check him out. So his first album was dope. Um, I, I was feeling it a lot, you know what I'm saying? I think he had, like, Ron Ivory on that shit. That shit was hard. Um, but um, back to, you know, the Hard Knock Life album, it, it, was, it was a great, great album. Um, I mean, you got to Nigga What, Nigga Who... Um, I mean, damn, this was this was this was one of my favorite J albums. I don't. Do you think it's a classic J album, or do you think it's um, um like is it the best value album? Cause, or do you think? I think it's I it's, think, it's definitely the best volume album. Is it? You think it's better than three? Cause I got one at the bottom. I know, man. We got to have that conversation one day because one was very, very important. I know there's records that you can possibly take off of there, but yeah, n- definitely. This is Hov's highest selling album. Um, I think he sold like five. Like one he of, sold five. He sold five. I think and I he think, sold five, and that was, that was crazy. Yeah, Biggs put it up the other day. I think overall it sold seven. So it's still oh, his yeah, high. probably ended up selling. It probably ended up selling, yeah, because five was the number back then. Yeah, you know five was the number back then, so seven is overall. This um, was not a double album. This was a fucking single. This wasn't like you count two albums for one. This was one CD. Yeah, yeah. It it was um it I mean if you look at the records alone like like money cash hoes you know what I'm saying like Jay did a lot of stuff on his album that um that hadn't been done like you look at the producers like you know if, if you want to look at it honestly now that I'm thinking about it this was sort of like you can kind of compare it to Illmatic how everybody wanted to work with Jay no 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 no, no. let me let me let me let me explain the way that everybody wanted to work with Jay cuz if you think about it like I don't well I don't know this well, let's, look at the producers. Let's let's, let me let's let me, let me go over it. the producers. You have okay. you have Premier on the first track. You have, then we have a conversation about and you. I don't know you. I think you found some information that Swiss was like he wanted to get with our sound type shit. Um, you said I think we. I remember we was talking about Swiss and Jay, mm-hmm. but that sound. Wasn't it already cemented with, with Rough Riders and, and Jay wanted to get get that get that not that wave I don't want to call it a wave but essentially well, it wasn't it was a or, tape it was a tape it was is a tape that exists that Jay doesn't you know nobody knows where the tape is now but it uh, Swiss told the story it's like I think he definitely told us on Drink Champs he it was like uh, forty beats on there. Like just forty beats that he did, like that was his sound at that particular time, and Jay wound up taking taking the ones that he took because he did the one um, with the Rangers, right? I think is nah, I, nah. He did the one with um, the Money Cash Holes. Oh, he did the, the he one did, with the Rangers. Yeah, he did the one with the Rangers. He did the, he did Money Cash Holes, and he did Coming to Age too. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's not a lot of times you can top a part one. Yeah. But damn, you know, and I'm going to tell you something. I know this sounds crazy, but I think he was threatening Mrs. Leak in the song. <laughs> like, really? Because I, I think I heard Jay talking about, 
how after the first album, Bleak was like, he was like too cool for school type shit. He didn't want to like come to the studio. I think he was dreading Bleak on the whole song. Like, listen <laughs> to this fucking song. I should take him back in the building and blaze him, yo. Like, yo, like this is like really think about that how shit. James it was crazy. Him. I used to, I used to kind of think that I was like, damn, these niggas got beef. Like, is this shit real? No, like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think this is a real fucking song. Like, I think this is a like an autobiographical. Yo, nigga, listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen to that shit. That shit's crazy. Like, that's just my. I think wild. I, I, I'm my brain's weird, but that was my like that was my take on it. Twenty years later, when I heard that shit, like maybe last year or this year, I was like, "Yo, this nigga really threatened Bleak on this whole out <laughs> this whole song." I mean, like, yeah, look, I could, I could, like, I could kind of see it. I can kind of see it. Um, like it's crazy. So, so back, well, back to the production. Um, so you got you got some fire Swiss. You know what I'm saying? Which Swiss was hot at the time you know what i'm saying he's you know he, he always been this was when swiss was on super fire you know what i mean then you got he was number one i think he was number one well at that time. we'll see now i'm gonna mention somebody else that gave that contributed because you got to look at the way what these beats were and what jay did with them because it's not like the beats outshine jay-z because jay-z is who he is but it was like the perfect marriage. And I think this was the time when you when we first saw that Jay knew how to pick a record. You know what I'm saying? So um you got two Timberland, you got three Timberland joints on here. You got nigga what nigga who. You got um Bonnie and Clyde. One of the most underrated fucking songs everybody talk about. Like, um, ain't no nigga, but Paper Chase, that beat, the lyrics, that's a really underrated song to me. Like, I actually have that on one of my best of Timbaland um, CDs. That's a great song, underrated, slept on song to me. It's it's phenomenal. It, it's phenomenal. Even that part with, you know, that, that, was, that was said, that was the rumor in the back that that was Missy doing the voices, the... I can't, <laughs> I can't do oh, this. Oh, at the end? Yeah. They... Yo, yo, <laughs> no, dog. Yo, that's what everybody was saying. They were saying that that was Missy. A lot of people, Missy better than everybody. Listen, man, that was crazy when, when you heard that little, that little that, shit. Oh, <laughs> yo, that's fucking crazy. Yo, I mean, Yo, shout out to Timberland. My my um indecent proposal LP just came in today, so I was actually bumping that shit. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! What? So we got we got three Timberland joints. Um, damn, I can't remember who did it, but that damn Reservoir Dogs, man. That, oh, that was um that was what's the name? Who did that? Our our, our um our homie um um the the Green Eye Bandit. Eric Sermon? Yes. Yo, like you see you see what I'm I saying? So, look right? at the producers that I he had. He I it, I think it might have been him. I'm gonna look it up, but Well no, no, this is my thing, cause you said and I don't I think I know what you're saying. This is my take on it. Mm-hmm. Jay Alright, if Jay's a hustler and he's trying to move off the block, mm-hmm. his songs um, become the new work. Mm-hmm. So if he's taking his earnings and instead of pumping it back on the block, he's pumping it back to the best producers. Mm-hmm. And then he's flipping that into an album mm-hmm. and he's getting money off the album sales. Yeah, so because to me, that... to me mm-hmm. he's handing, he's handing you know, I mean, I'm sure he was legal by then, by this album, but he handed in, you know, Swiss, you know, shoebox full of money. Yes. And instead of like, yes. instead of drugs, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. selling music. So he's taking the money and an investing in his sound because he know the volume one, like I said, and we ain't talking about, it's never about Jay-Z's lyrics because his lyrics are all It's about the production. It's about production. And he... I know we talked about Rick Ross 
you know, a lot of people talk about Rick Ross, one of the best ears of beats, but Jay, he consciously knew that in, in order for him to stand out, he had to be the best sonically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he... He showed you that. He did that with this album. album. He did that with he, this, but it started with this one. The budget, the budget was for production. He yeah. knew, you know, that people don't even look at Jay like that. But I'm gonna give Jay his props because yeah, hell yeah, he, that's part of him being a game changer. Yes. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a game changer, game. He is the game, if you think about it. Yeah, like, but he changed I, the game. I, he ain't even my number one, but he is hip-hop. He like, changed the game with him, that. You yeah. gotta give him the hip-hop label because he is still doing it. Yeah, he changed. I mean, if you look at 444 and look at, you know, what him and No ID did, because a lot of those a lot of them records are co-produced. You know what I'm saying? Jay knew what he wanted. If you listen to Primo, Primo would say, even from reasonable doubt, Primo would say that Jay would come in and be like, I want you to scratch this. But you know who he learned that from? He learned it from Big. Big was the same uh-huh. way. Big Big would come in. Big said, Primo said the same thing. Big would bring a record and be like, I want you to do this and do that. You know what I'm saying? So he learned that from one of the greatest. So Jay is very smart. I like the analogy that you did with the hustling and and moving that because that's actually what happened, but it's a deeper way of looking into it, how important that was because I'm not even done. You know what I'm saying? We got Kid Capri with the It's Like That record. You know what I'm saying? Which that's that's always been one of my favorite joints you know what i'm saying and look at that at that time yo when have you heard the locks and beanie siegel on the record together i listen and i watch and i listen to the locks yo <laughs> you can't you can't diss somebody and then the, the two that. short record it was all good just so we yo like this is it's definitely like after going over it, it it's a classic it's and definitely. you gotta remember the money in the thing was huge. Bruh, that and it's all right. Holla back. Yo, <laughs> what? Yo, yo like. Bleak, hey, Bleak did his thing on that. That's I, my, Bleak yo, though, Bleak hey, is my favorite. Hey, you know that's what? my favorite verse. It's my favorite verse yo, in the whole song. Yo, Bleak got a premiere beat? Yo, yes, man. That's what I'm trying. Yo. I never really, I never really thought about it. Nigga, that's what I be saying, yo. I I do not play that album, and that album is so single heavy. I don't order the hits. I don't play that album without starting off with "Hand It Down." Period. Period. That set off that doom doom doom. We gotta get bleak, man. Bleak is one of the most loyal niggas of all time. Period. Yo, yeah, bleak. Bleak's a nigga, you know, like, you won't, you know, these niggas in the movies will turn on you. Like, Bleak would have held Jay down. You definitely. Know what I'm like, definitely. would have held Jay down. Definitely. So, shout out to fucking Memphis Bleak. Shout out to Bleak. Man, hell yeah. He's still holding that nigga down. As long as I'm alive, he's a millionaire. <laughs> Get the, f- yo. Man, he's just shit on everybody with that shit. <laughs> That's that's real shit. Bleak and Bleak don't even be talking shit. You know what Jay said, I got houses that you can fit your home in. We, you know that's what? Fucked I, up. This, that's <laughs> fucked up. We gonna we gonna leave. That's fucked up. We gonna we gonna this leave nigga that. Said, I got houses you can fit your home in. Listen, we gonna we gonna leave that right where it is. If you haven't heard it, um, because recently. And listen, hold on. I'm gonna say this right now because it's already out there. So this is to the to to my man. Listen, we both from Jersey. It is what it is. But the Joe Budden podcast. I'm sorry, you niggas got it wrong. You know what I'm saying by saying. And shout out to Maul, who was trying to the only person trying to defend Hove. But 
listen, it the defense, you just, you picked the wrong album. It was the blueprint that you were choosing. We're going to go with this one. This is the proof of Jay-Z being a game ca- game changer because what y'all said was y'all was talking about how Lil Wayne was a game changer. And the thing is, you and I both had this conversation off air. For Lil Wayne to be a game changer, you're talking about an error with the Carters. That's when his, thank you. For, for, for Lil Wayne Come, to have to, to change from a hot you can't change from a hot boy to one of the biggest rappers of all time without without somebody like without I mean it. I mean, come on. The it, Carter, it, it, look it, at the Carter album and look at in my lifetime volume one album cover. Look at the Carter two and look at Hard Not Life volume two. Look at it. That's where it came from. Go get that double XL where Wayne, he had his shirt off and he's talking about it's Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Jay-Z. So that solidifies Jay-Z as a game changer. We already know that. But it's this album that was one that was the pivotal moment for Hove. So shout out to the Hard Not Life. Incredible album. Let's go ahead and move on because we got two more joints. Um, the next one I'm going to go with is Outcast Equimini. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I think I told you this before, but one day I was trying to make an Outcast greatest hit. Mm-hmm. And then I started with Equimini and I ended up just, <laughs> I ended up burning Equimini. That's how good this album, that's how good this fucking album is. Do you hear what I just said? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> just burning That's, the CD. I ended up burning a fucking album. That's it. Because it's the greatest hit. But it's an album. And, and it has Raekwon on it, you fucking asshole. Listen, listen. That is Raekwon. Listen, that song, Skew It on oh the Barbie. My god. Oh, my God. Yo. I mean, I love I love listening to them talk before the song comes on, and then Ray just be like, you know, what I'm saying it's remarkable right here. You know, like I love like if you don't love the way that Ray, if you want a nigga that can describe something for you, like for a commercial, just get Raekwon to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like just bust your shit open beats. I'm gonna you know? tell you what. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give y'all something to listen to because this is my. Listen to Fat Joe and Raekwon pushing keys, and this is one of the. This is a classic fucking song, probably top ten Fat Joe song. This is on one of the Dark Side mixtapes. But at the end, Raekwon is just talking shit the whole, like for a whole minute, and you can ride out to that. Like just listen to what he like. He just he didn't even rap on it. He just he just put he just talking on it. That's how hard Raekwon is. He didn't have to rap on that shit. That was like the verse. Listen, you know man. what I'm saying? I would definitely highly recommend y'all listen to that because that's what if you talking about somebody you want to listen to, listen to the shit he's saying on that. So that so we already got the skewed on the Barbie. I mean, go check it. But I mean, Rosa Parks. We talking Man. about we talking about game changers. You know what? They didn't the family say something about her name being on a song back. Do you remember back? Oh, they styled on it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They, they wasn't cool with that. Say, and this was like a positive, uplifting. So I mean, this was a good song. It wasn't like some fuckery. You know what I'm saying? It was a it was a good song. But I I get it. But. I mean, it is what it is, but I don't think they was trying to say nothing bad about Rosa. They just use her. I mean, it was a good way to think about Rosa Parks. Every time you bump up Quimini, you get to see your name. I think that's that's some good shit. I mean, look, I I feel the same way. I mean, you know, the family is entitled to you know what they want to of say, course. but of I, I don't. I think we we were still in a moment where you know a lot of older people we're not taking hip hop as serious, you know what I'm saying? And thinking that they could have been making a mockery of it. But if you know the lyrics of big boy, if you know the lyrics of Andre, then there's no way that you could have come to that conclusion in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? But 
that's just our opinion. It is what it is. Uh, it's an incredible song. It's a. It it it. It's, What's your favorite song on here? <sighs> Damn. Um. I got a tie. I think I got a tie on this one. For me, it would be between. I picked three when I put this up on the in the set thing, and it was between. No, I don't think I put a Quimini. Mine is I got mine is between synthesizer and a Quimini. Mine is between a Quimini and Spotty Yachty. Oh, Yo, <laughs> I'm not mad at that shit. I was just playing. Oh man, nigga, I was just playing as I was just playing as the last couple. Um, I think about the last week or two. Listen, man, it's been in rotation. That's what I'm saying, man. This shit is just like... I like what Andre said. Now, who else want to fuck with, like... With Hollywood crew? Wham, <laughs> <laughs> wham. Like, these niggas, I guess, came to the thing and fuck niggas up. They're like, who else want to fuck with Hollywood crew? That song... That song is... That song is... There's so many levels to that song. Like, I'm not even going to get into all of this shit. But that, that damn song, man, like... And, and that's the best album. I got it. I got it. I mean, that's the best album. You gonna? You gonna? It, I mean, it, it, I I just can't. I can't think of another album better than. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. The first one, they was tight because they didn't get their five, and they should. I think they still should have got five because that first one is, fuck, like, but. They was mad. They was mad as what shit. Redman, Redman. Man. What did Redman say? Fuck five mics. Give me a forty-five mics. Oh my bad. My bad. I was just going on. Nah, nah, nah. You good? Look, man. Look, nigga. Um, shit, shit. If you feel it, fucking say. Um, nah. I think. Um. This yeah, I, I I think I can agree with you with that. Like this is their best. You know what I'm saying? I like, mean, it, it's gotta be. I mean, I I've spent them all. Yeah. I've spent all the records. I mean, it's I I just gotta give it to this one. It's, it's just I just think like lyrically, um, originality, production. I mean, game changers. Definitely. I mean, damn. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, this is this is the South's best group, you know, like bar none. I think um, <clears throat> um, the look, the feel, the music. Shout out to Organized Noise. Um, I meant to shout them out in the post, and I I um I forgot to put it in there. Um. Yeah, man, you talking about like this is this is the definition of game changer. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, that's go go listen. You know what I'm saying? Go listen to Equimini, like incredible. I mean, listen to all types of Outcasts, but but this album here, I, I would definitely uh, agree with that. So on speaking of game changers, this is one the final album and honestly like over time in the age that I am now this says this is my favorite out of all that was released that day um I think you know where I'm about to say most definitely I live quality are black star oh. I, you know what I think so if you bought it when it came out it has a pla- it has like a cardboard cover over the CD, like a insert. Or no, that's not an insert. It has like a um, it's a cover, but it goes. It's weird. You know how you um, damn, it's hard to explain it. But it basically has like an outer cover, and then you just pull it. You push the CD out of it. Mm, okay. If you got like the original. It has like a, um, you know, a cover on top of, and then you just push the CD out, and then you got the real cover and the CD. But it has like a thing on top of the, 
original CD. Okay, okay, that's different. Yeah, and I, I, cause yeah. I didn't. Um, this is one that I bought later. Um, I just said on <laughs> yeah, cause I didn't I didn't get this when it first came out. Um, I got it later, and um, yeah, no, no, this. Uh, so I didn't know that. Um, so I got to thank you for this one, um, because uh, you know this was out here that I got into this when I was in Cali. So um, yeah, especially when this came out. Around that time, like, well, no, it came out, it came out before I left Jersey, because I was still in Jersey in '98. But um, yeah, no, it um, I it didn't hit me, you know what I'm saying? Because once and one came around, you know, that's when I started getting into Common, Most Def, Talib, and you definitely let me hear this first. I got my copy, I burned it. You know, this is old nigga references, but we ain't old, so fuck y'all. Um, this is this is when, you know, my man had the CD, so I burned it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's how we got our music. It's not digital. It wasn't streamed. You know what I mean? And then eventually I went and bought the album myself. Um, I mean, what, what can not be said about this album? Um, you know, my, my three highlights on here for me were Children's Story, which was most deaf, a.k.a. Yasin Bey's solo, uh, Knowledge of Self-Determination, which was Talib's solo record on here, and then finally would be Respiration featuring Common. Uh, those are my three picks. I mean, I love I, this. Oh, you, man. Which one was yours? Uh, I got to go with... Um, I want to say brown skin lady. Oh, yeah, that's I'm not mad I at mean, that. that. That is like super underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I'm gonna have to give. I'm gonna have to say definition because that put me on to this album. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that video, um, I would have never like got on that quick. And I think that video and that song changed everything for me. Like, just because that's when I got on my conscious wave and I started buying a lot of, like, that's when I started getting the common and all that, you know, like, you know, raucous and just everything that had more mental, you know, mental stimulation than just, like, I'm going to rob this nigga. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. This, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, um, and then I I gotta go with respiration. Yeah. yeah. Common was pivotal. He's definitely been pivotal and just in like I wanna say like my transformation like early as a as a young youth, you know what I'm saying? Like I never I never thought somebody could rhyme and say certain things and Common definitely was at the forefront. And I can't he was the number one um thing but for me he was he was my favorite conscious rapper mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so yeah i want to say those three songs yeah i mean that's high tech. Brown skin lady, nigga. yeah niggas, was dark. niggas had you know what i'm saying we know what hip-hop videos was like in that era so you can put that out now nobody you can nobody put that out was now. like nobody was really you know, honoring women, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It was some like, we already know, so we ain't got to explain it, but it was it was good to hear that, you know what I'm saying? It was like, so I, I got to give it what, I got to give it up to those songs. You could put that record out right now. Um, incredible, incredible record. Um, uh, you know, my other joint is uh, Thieves in the Night. Um I mean, this is it's such a great fucking album. Redefinition, um, the little interludes that kept the elements of hip hop, like B boys will be B boys, yo yeah, you know what I mean? Like, just it's it's a different, it's a journey, man. Like it's it's a different, it's different. So go listen, 
Go check it out if you haven't heard it. Um, those are five incredible albums. I'll run them down one more time. Those will all be recommendations along with your joint, um, the uh, Fat Joe joint, the dark side. Uh, but it's going to be Brand Nubian Foundation, uh, Tribe Called Quest, The Love Movement, Jay-Z, Volume 2, Hard Not Life, um, what you call it, uh, Outcast Equimini, and Most Def and Talib Kweli are Black Star. These are all albums that I would, I would encourage you to own them. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be CD, whether it be vinyl, um, but they should be. I don't think there's any restrictions on any of these streaming joints where, you know, you can listen to. Fuck streaming. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> nigga, you can't you say that because niggas are streaming us. <laughs> yeah, so I ain't going to even shout, but nah. Um, nah, dude, you wanna, go, you go own, own it, man. You want to own your art. Go you know own it, yeah. It's, a, it's you wanna art. Own, you want to have something tangible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, wanna, you know what I'm saying? Because if the internet go off, if they say, you know what, the internet going off for three months, you niggas going to be like, damn, dog, what I'm going to listen to, dog. Oh, man. There's something else I want to talk to you about that happened on that day that I want to own, but I don't want to, you know, I know, I know we, I know we gonna keep blowing, you know, keep blowing up pause, like, but it's like, I think, uh, you know, I, I want to talk to you offline because I think we need to own it before we put it out there, but it's something else that was very, very special and, um, nah, 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 it's something, something different, something, something different, when I, when I tell you what it is, you're going to be like, oh, that, hell. This doctor album that came out in 98 was hard. So I ain't, I ain't even styling. You ain't even going to style. Nah, it's, it's nah, something that, else. That, yo, Silk is underrated, nigga. I know, man. I know. And I, I think I got to go do my research because I, I, styled, I styled on him so hard, yo. Like, <laughs> if he see, if he could hear the things that I was saying about him back in the day, he probably beat the shit out of me. <laughs> like... I you stopped. know what it was? It's kind of like his style was unorthodox. Very, very. You know what I'm saying? He was like off beat, but he was on beat. Very, very. His style was very, very unorthodox. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to get into. You know what I'm saying? Um, we we gonna have to we gonna have to cut it uh, kind of short today. You know what I'm saying with this joint? But we wanted to hit y'all with something because um, one that was a very, very important day. Um, that I wanted to highlight. Uh, I really wanted to do it, um, record on that day, but it was a Saturday, so I know you was working anyway. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, no, nah, that was that was really really that's important. One day, that's one day in hip hop. One one day, one day. This could have like, been a year, and it would have been straight. Exactly, exactly. And so that, that was very very important. I mean, the year the year itself, not eight. You know what I'm saying? Twenty years ago. We gotta think. This is twenty years ago. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, Complex released some list about the twenty best rappers in their twenties. This the only twenty I want to talk about right now. No disrespect to anybody else. Twenty best rappers in their twenties. There are some. There are some people that we fuck with on oh, that list. No, 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 no. There, there's some people we fuck with Don't on that list. One of I them mean, is actually dropping. I think he should be dropping this weekend, J.I.D. Um, I think his album is coming out this weekend. Um, yeah, it's a lot of people. It, it's a fucked up list. Complex don't know what they're doing. You already know that. So, um, But yeah, that, that was my little thing. You know what I'm saying? I gave y'all some recommendations. Um, definitely to check out. Uh, movies. Oh, before we leave, oh, hold on. Before we leave, I gotta tell you, we can't style on um on Tom from uh, The Godfather. I watched all three of them and watched oh, his. Oh yeah, we can't. I, I was gonna tell you that. Mike, okay. yeah, Mike, Mike Did you was. Talk to your pops? Yeah, no, I didn't talk to my pops, but I came to the conclusion See, myself. We can't talk Nah, nah, nah. No, I can't. But I, I didn't. I figured it out though, cause 
he says he was advised by his pops not to. And that sets up, you know, he it happens in part one. Cause he'd be like, Mike, why am I out? Because in part two, he that's why when Mike is going through the thing with Hyman Roth and he's trying to figure out who betrayed him, the only person he could trust is Tom because they set that up in the beginning to keep Tom away from certain things. So therefore he would never be compromised. So therefore, when when Mike leaves to like Cuba and go to see Roth and really get it out there, it, it shows elements, especially because you can see it in part three. That's how Mike knew Don Atabella was the one that put the hit out on him. And it wasn't Joey Zaza. You could see that Mike had that. <laughs> Fam, listen, look, when the lightning go off and Mike start having like the heart attack, and he says, Atabella, you little fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knew. It's no different than when his pops was like, whoever comes you, to you with this Barzini meeting, that's the that's the traitor. So that's Mike, traitor, right? he gets that from his yeah, father. Yeah, that's a nigga, that's a nigga jam you up. <laughs> and you don't tell me. And then he tell you to do something. No, no, you, but they did. They told him, out. remember? They remember. Um, oh, yeah. So what you call it? He calls him. He calls Sonny. He calls Sonny and, and tells him, him we have Tom Hagen. Yeah, he told him because that's when he writes it down on a cabinet. He was like, we got Tom Hagen. We picked him up when he was, you know, doing Christmas shopping. And he was like, don't do anything, Sonny. Don't blow that famous temper of yours. So he, they knew he had him. Yeah, man. See, I you know I, I had to look, man. But, I might... he didn't but then look, he told him to try to call Sonny off, and in that meeting, he was he 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 was trying to tell Sonny to calm down. Yeah, because he didn't want to go so to war. He, but that's but that shows but he, you. Hold on. Listen. But listen, no, 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 no. Because he, he like yo, yo. They told me. Because he, he knew what was gonna happen, he knew what was gonna happen, and that's when I don't ultimately. Know. I don't know. I still... Well, remember, look, this he's is the thing. He's out. No, that's but that's he's the out. thing. That's the thing. See, his father comes in, Vito comes in. He's like, I never thought of when he's explaining to Tom like why he's out. He's like, I never thought of you a bad consigliere. I I thought of Santino as a bad don. That's what that was the key. Like, cause if the father, cause Vito was still alive. If Vito wanted him gone, he wanted him gone. But Mike was setting it up like, in case I ain't got nobody else that I could come to, it's gonna be Tom. Cause Tom, yo, Tom's so ill. My favorite part is when they um they what you call it? Uh what's his name? The dude that tries to betray him, um, that comes to him with the Barzini meeting. And he was like, um, he was like, yeah, it's gonna mess up all my plans. Da da da. da. He's like, I can't come, Sal. And he'd be like, I can't come this time, Sally. And then Sal look at him, and then Tom, he don't even say nothing. He just look over like, you know oh, what it is. Oh man, <laughs> yo, I, I, I'm gonna make a painting of that look because that yo, fucking... when he looked to the right, like, fam, you know what it is. You can't get me out of this? You can't tell what? him, like, not this time, sir. <laughs> no, you can't. I can't. Get the fuck out of my face. I can't get... No, I can't get you out of this one, you fucking traitor. Yo, sweep this nigga right here and clean him off the fucking pavement. And you know what? The nigga that was married to his sister, they should have... Yo, yo they did him... Down. They you did him filthy. You cannot hit the daughter. Yo. You cannot hit the daughter's daughter. They did him fuck. filthy. When he... When he eat, kicked man. out that windshield, I felt the... I felt the life being taken out yeah. of this nigga. I was like, yo. yo. No, that shit should have happened a long time ago. But what would have happened if Sonny would have got to him? Sonny would have beat the dog shit out of him, yo. No, Sonny, they should have laid that man down. Yo, they did Sonny filthy, son. They did Sonny filthy at that at that toll booth, man. That was... Yo, they Yo, <laughs> and then they kicked the nigga that kicked him in the face when he, when he got out the car and hit him with another 
with another round with the Tommy gun and then kicked his face. I'm like, fam, he can't even feel that kick. Why did you kick him, yo? Yo, that movie, listen, that's going to be the recommendation. Go watch uh, all three Godfathers. Yo, yo, you know what's funny? Part three, when he makes that noise. <laughs> the donkey noise, yo. Yo. I know, man. See, now now I want to go watch this shit. I wish I had to fucking go to work, man. I will watch that shit right now. You got another minute? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Speaking of movies, all right, so New Jack City, I've been watching this shit religiously because it's hot, it's fire. Okay. Yo, after after finally doing a final analysis, I think Ice-T is a fucking superhero in this fucking movie. Yes. Think about this shit, nigga. This nigga chasing down a nigga in a bike. Have yeah. you ever tried to chase down a nigga in a bike? Never. Never. You can't. Never. This nigga caught a nigga. This nigga caught a nigga in a on a bike. He caught him on a bike. And then this nigga jumped down eight stories. To, you know what I mean? Remember that shit? And then he this rolled. He did a there. simple roll this and nigga land on his feet. Nigga. And then he chased the nigga down. Shout out to Ice T. Shout out to Ice T. With and the... then on top of that, this nigga washes the hardest fucking. Nigga of all time, Wesley Snipes, Simon's fucking Phoenix, Passenger Fifth. This nigga beat up Wesley Snipes in a fucking movie, nigga. He the only one. This nigga, this the, the only, only nigga one. to watch Wesley Snipes, nigga. He the, yo. This not, it's not a fucking hood movie. It's a fucking superhero movie. I see the fucking superhero. This nigga watches Wesley fucking Snipes. Shout out to Ice T, man. We we gotta get Blade. This nigga watched Blade, my nigga. Yo, (laughs) shout out to Ice T. This nigga will watch everybody, nigga. Yo, put him in the next fucking Avengers, nigga. Ice (laughs) T. This nigga, uh, man, he been on. This nigga been cleaning up on Law and Order for like over twenty years. He is one of the. I think he's one of the. As far as black actors on a TV show, they they I remember seeing is something about he like one of the only people that been on a, a show running for fucking twenty years. B, shout yeah, out to Ice T, man. And the crazy thing shout is, this nigga made Cop Killer and been a cop on TV for over twenty years. Like me, some of the most hardcore like albums. Never on radio. Never on radio. Geico, Geico commercial this shit. This nigga is legendary. 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 Damn. Yo, this has been a good podcast, man. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's been short, like, we've been telling y'all niggas, like, we hitting, you know, the shorter the podcast is, it's crazy, like, the heavier the content. You know what I mean? But, you know, we we like to laugh and joke and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But look, man, what we... The last one. We speaking that real shit. Go ahead. Kanye, are you ready for this album? I'm be honest, and you, we, we, we big up Kanye. We don't like to try to, you know, tear people down and nothing like that. But from what I'm hearing, I'm not a fan of that record, and I don't see anything that. This is this is my mind. Kanye's in his B bag. He's not in his rhyme bag. Yeah. That's as easy as I can put it. Yeah. When Kanye's in his rhyme bag, I know it sounds weird, but he's one of the best rappers out there. I mean, I know it sounds fucking crazy to say, but he makes great albums. Like, he, he's, you know, his, he pays attention to his lyrics. I don't think he's in his rhyme bag right now. So, I don't think he's... I don't know. That's just my take on it. A lot's happened since his last album, but I, I think he should wait till next year and keep focusing on putting out, p- producing people's shit, and then when he comes in his rhyme bag, drop, drop the next shit. That's just my take on it. I, I mean, love Kanye. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. It's based on everything that's going, like, I feel like yeah, I mean, the stuff that he's doing. I think lyrically we're not going to get anything that... We, anything fruithful, you know what I'm saying? Anything that we really care to hear. 
care yeah, about. Yeah, I don't want to hear any rhymes about that hat. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to say what it is or anything like that because we don't promote that type of bullshit over here. But I don't want to hear shit about... I don't want to hear anything that's expressed in that or anything. And that's my choice. You know, your, your choice is... When we talk about any music on here, you don't have to you listen to us. You can get with this or you can get with that. Exactly. You don't... Exactly. Exactly. You don't have to listen to what it is. Hopefully, we're not going to give you no bullshit. And even the shit that we talk about that we laugh at, whatever, whatever, there's still artists at the end of the day. But there's certain things that I'm not just going to put in my in my stratosphere, in my in my shit that I got building over here. And that that anything that has to do with anything like that, I don't I personally don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I, I mean, we'll see when it drops. You know what I mean? Because the good thing about the streaming shit, as soon as it comes in and you stream it, if you don't like it, it could be gone forever. It's not like I bought it and I'm stuck with this or I got to sell it back to somebody or some shit like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. But, yeah, yo, look. This has been a Say No More podcast, the Kobe episode number 24. Um, like I said, been a little hiatus, but we're going to be, you know, we back like we never left. You know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Alan B, you got anything more for him, B? Um, nah, I'm good, man. Shit, you, say, take out there. you already know, man. Say No More. We out. 100.